And we are so grateful today to have a guest speaker share the message. We have Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber, minister of our Richmond Hill Church of the Nazarene, Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene. She spent a lot of her growing up years here at Rosewood Church. And then we asked her to become the pastor of this new congregation some years ago. And she is just such a marvelous blessing wherever she goes. Dr. Tina Patamber is also going to be the preacher at our Riverview Campground services, which start this coming week. They'll start next weekend on uh, the 24th, Sunday, July the 24th, and go through Sunday, July the 31st. And the services at the family campground will be at 10.30 in the morning and at 6.30 in the evening. And Pastor Tina is uh, sharing the preaching and the teaching responsibilities with uh, Reverend Danny Moreno of our Oakville Church. So I want to encourage us, I want to encourage us to get up to the family campground for the services starting next Sunday through the following Sunday, 10.30 in the morning and uh, 6.30 at night. There will be directions to the campground in the um, email that Raven will send out this coming Wednesday and Friday. Many of you know where the campground is located. Essentially, we just drive up Markham Road past the town of Sutton, and shortly thereafter, you turn right on Pefferlaw Road. You go about one kilometer, and the church campground is on the left, okay? So if you need any more instructions, please check, check the... Uh, the email this coming Wednesday and, and uh, Friday. Would you do that? And please remember to pray for Dr. Patamber and Reverend Moreno and all who will share in the camp services. So today, would you stand and give a warm welcome to Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber. Would you do that? Amen. All right. Yes. Why don't you remain standing for a moment? I am uh, very thankful to be here this morning. Well, you can all sit down. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Please sit down. Yes. I didn't know if you had any more, more to say. I, I want to say thank you very much for having me today. I think the last time I was here was Christmas Eve. So I am very delighted to be here with you. And I bring you greetings from the Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene. This September will be 14 years we've been together and it will be my 15th year of ministry. So God has been good, and he's been faithful, yes. I still remember just being here, and like uh, um, Cindy was saying, you know, like Jeremy and Kirby, 10 years, it's like I remember being at the wedding, it's like, wow, here we are. So time does fly, and God has been good, and God's grace has been wonderful. Uh, the title of the sermon today is God is your way out. God is your way out. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. So Luke chapter 8, 1 to 3, God is your way out. When I was a kid, I used to say to myself, I can't wait to be an adult because adults get to stay up late. Adults get to do whatever they want. They get to eat whatever food they have and they get to have fun. And I was a kid and I had to do my homework, 
I had to do chores, I had to clean. My dad liked us all to play instruments, so we would practice all the time. And I was like, I had to listen to my parents, and I didn't get to do what I want. So I had a pack in my mind when I was a child, I can't wait to be an adult. And then I became an adult. <laughs> and you know what happened, right? I don't even have to tell you. You know what happened. Now I wish I was a kid. <laughs> I wish someone would drive me around. I wish someone would pay my bills. I wish I didn't have to figure out paperwork and respond to emails and text messages. I wish I could play and have fun. And truly, I wish I could go to bed earlier. <laughs> and so what happened? The simple answer, life, life. None of us wake up in the morning and wish for the things we have to go through in life. But here we are, it's real. Sickness is real. Divorce, marital problems are real. Broken relationships are real. Wars, injustice, those are real things that people go through. Job loss is real. And we all have to deal with things in our life that we didn't plan for and pray for. Um, we had hope for different things, and we are experiencing disappointment. But this is the hope we have today, and this is my encouragement to, to you today, is that God is our way out. And he wants to help us, and he wants to guide us, he wants to lead us, and he wants to free us, and he wants to carry us through. And so I want us to read the story about a specific woman in Luke chapter 8. And if you have it, we're going to look at verses 1 to 3. Here's what God's word says, and then I will pray afterwards. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, we just thank you for everything that we have seen and experienced in the service today. Thank you for the time of worship. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the prayers offered up by Pastor Lisa. Thank you, Lord, for the song from Hannah. And thank you for all the different milestones that people are celebrating. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus that your word would speak to us that your word will tell us something new, that your word would encourage us, oh God, because we need encouragement from you every day. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being our friend, and thank you for being our Redeemer. And we pray right now that whatever comes out of my mouth will be from the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the story, we learn that Jesus is traveling. He's going from town to town, village to village, preaching and talking about the kingdom of God. Often you will read that in the New Testament. He talked about God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. Jesus would often heal people as he was doing his ministry. He showed love and compassion to people. And he would talk to people that most people wouldn't speak to, like people who were sick, people who were marginalized, people who were, quote, sinful, even though we all are sinful. Jesus had the capacity to talk to people. And he didn't just do things on his own. He would go with the 12. The Bible says the 12 were with him. And those were his disciples, 12 men. But what's interesting in the story as we read God's word is that this story has three specific women that are named. We have Mary Magdalene, 
we have Joanna, who had money and status because it says she was the manager of Herod's uh, house, and well, woman named Susanna. But today, I just want us to focus on Mary Magdalene. And here's what the Bible says in verse 2. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, married called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. So the Bible says that they or she was cured from evil spirits. Now, what does that mean? It means that she was attacked or in bondage to evil spirits. And what is an evil spirit? Well, an evil spirit is a fallen angel that's no longer on the side of God, but on the side of Satan. And Satan was an angel created by God who no longer is on the side of God and now is the leader of all demonic activity that happens in our world. See, we have what's called the physical world. You can see that I have a yellow jacket. That's what we mean by the physical realm. But we also have a spiritual realm, which is an invisible realm that we can't always see. And in the, in the spiritual realm, we have spiritual forces. Sometimes we can see the work of the spiritual realm because we see evil activity happening in our world. And unfortunately, sometimes you will see an evil spirit manifest in your presence, depending on where you are and what you're doing. And sometimes as pastors, we have had that kind of encounter where we do see that kind of activity. And the leader of the evil world is Satan. And his real mission in life is to make your life and my life difficult, hard, miserable, and to walk away from God. Now, when you read in your Bible the words unclean spirit, evil spirit, and demon, we're talking about the same thing, the same uh, 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 spirit. And demons or evil spirits do not have a body, but they can possess a human body, and they are sometimes, sometimes humans are possessing multiple demons at one time, and you will read that in the New Testament because they always want a host to do their damage. Kind of like viruses. Viruses on their own to have no damage or impact, but once it enters our body, it, creates, it can create damage, as we can see right now, what's happening in the world. Now, the goal of Satan and the goal of his agents, these demons, is to basically tempt us and to do what is wrong and cause trouble in our life. And in your Bible, you will read some of the trouble that they cause. Luke chapter 11, somebody who's deaf. Mark chapter 1, causes convulsions. Uh, falling into fire and water, Matthew 15. Foaming of the mouth, Luke chapter 9. Giving people extraordinary strength, Mark chapter 5. So an unclean spirit can inhabit a body, and this is what we read in the story. What we learn from the story is that she's cured, which tells us that she was trapped by these evil spirits, and I wonder today if you can relate to Mary. Can you relate to her situation? This was a woman who was trapped. This is a woman who was in bondage. This is a woman who was not feeling free. Do you feel like that today? Do you feel like that today? And if you're feeling like that, I want us to remind us, number one today, as we look at God's word, we will face trouble and torment in life. Now, how does trouble and torment look like today? Well, it comes in all shapes and sizes. It really does. Perhaps like Mary, you've been feeling a demonic attack against you and you're not yourself lately. Um, maybe you're dealing with someone in your life 
who's been giving you a hard time, who's mistreating you and causing you a lot of pain. Maybe it's sickness for you. You've been going from test to test, x-ray to x-ray, surgery to surgery, so you've been going through a physical trauma. For some people, they're constantly worried. They're worried about life, worried about their job, worried about their marriage, worried about their children. Maybe you, today you've been feeling depressed. You know you are, you are alive, you breathe, but you just don't sense life in you. You feel like you're getting up, you're existing, but you don't have any joy in your heart. And for some people, it's the situation of barrenness. You're a Christian person, you love God, you come to church, you give to God, but you're praying and praying for a situation to change and nothing is happening, so you feel barren and you feel like, God, everyone else is getting what they want in life, but I'm not getting what I'm praying for. And then for some other people, it's just a situation that's beyond your control. You're in a war country, you're dealing with natural disasters and government corruption. And so today, can you relate to Mary? She was feeling tormented by life, um, and she, she didn't have energy, and maybe today you feel like you have no energy, you feel trapped, you feel you're not motivated, you have no hope. And I want you to take a note, I want you to notice a specific detail in the story today. It says here in verse two, from whom seven demons had come out. Now, why would the writer tell us this detail? Now, this is the book of Luke, and Luke was written by a man named Luke who was a, who was a doctor, so he would have been into details. I like details, too. How about you? Some of you may not like that. I'm into details. Uh, Pastor Nick likes details, too. And so, <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, and so, why would the writer tell us this information from whom seven demons had come out? And give us the number of demons that she was struggling with and then was cured from. Because they want us to know that her trouble and torment in life was intentional. It was not accidental, and it was very serious. Her trouble and torment was complete. It was a perfect torment or trouble in her life. Now, why do I say that? Because the number seven in the Bible symbolizes complete and perfect. So think about that. And we hear seven mentioned in the Bible many times. How many days did God use to create the earth? Seven days. On the seventh day, God rested. If you look at the Old Testament, you will read that the Jewish people, the Israelites, celebrated seven festivals, you know, one being Passover. In Revelation, you will read there are seven churches, seven angels to the seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpet plagues, seven thunders, and seven last plagues. Jesus also performed in the New Testament on the Sabbath day seven miracles. If you go to 1 Samuel 16, you'll read the story of Prophet Samuel who was sent to the house of Jesse, and God had said to uh, Samuel, go there and anoint the next king, because King Saul was not obeying the Lord, so God was moving on. And so Samuel gets to the house, and so Jesse brings all his sons forward. And as each one is coming forward, God says, nope, not this one. Nope, not this one. How many sons passed by through? It was seven. Then Samuel says, well, do you have any other sons? And said, yes, I do have another son. And Jesse says he's out in the back. And so what did Samuel say? Bring him to 
bring him, bring him into the house. As soon as, as soon as David walked in, God said, rise, this is the one anoint him. He was the eighth son. So what we see here in the story is that seven is important. It means complete and perfect, which tells us in the story that she was completely and perfectly not well. She was completely and perfectly troubled. She was completely and perfectly tormented in her life. And that's exactly the plan the enemy has for you. You see, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy's plan is to make you question God, to make you question God's love as you go through trauma, as you go through trouble, as you go through pain, as you go through discouragement. He wants you to feel guilty for all the sins you have committed, even though Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he wants us to lose faith in God and to feel defeated and to feel trapped. And ultimately, his goal in your life is to say to God, I don't care about you, I don't believe you, and I'm walking away from this. And he will do everything in his power to do that against you. And so what we learn here from the story of Mary is number two is trouble and torment are meant to completely destroy you. Completely. Mary struggled with seven demons, which tells us our, her trouble and her torment was full and complete. And maybe today, is that how you're feeling? Maybe you've been saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do another death in the family. I can't do another sick report. I can't do another COVID wave. We're in the seventh wave, which, you know, ironically, I'm talking about seven, so that's interesting. You know, have you been feeling like you're hitting maximum level of your threshold? I can't do more evil, God. I can't do more pain. I can't do more, you know, discouragement. Just think about your life and all you've had to go through. From the time you were born to how, to how old you are today, 20, 40, 60, 100, you have had to face trouble. You know, rejection from people abandonment from someone you love, they walked away from you. Trauma like emotional, physical, sexual abuse in the home. Negative comments from people like parents or negative comments from teachers or, or someone you loved and respected. Um, dealing with poverty, always thinking like you're never gonna have money. Struggling to have normal relationships with people. Struggling to keep a job. Struggling to respect people. You know, that, that's an issue for some people. They don't respect authority. They don't respect teachers and respect people like law, lawmakers and so forth. Uh, addictions, drinking, gambling, sexual sin, drugs, sickness, having to deal with sickness maybe from the time you were born. Dealing with things like insecurity. That's an issue for people. Not feeling confident, not feeling good enough for the Lord. We're not talking about being conceited, but just having that understanding that because you are God, you are loved and valued. And so insecurity can be an issue for some people. And dealing with issues like your body, not liking your body or having like low self-esteem or on the flip side, being obsessed with your body. And there's all other things like war. Why is our trouble and torment full? Because the goal of the enemy is to bring you down. 
to the point of torment, to the point of emotional, physical, mental, spiritual distress, so that you don't even want to get up in the morning and live anymore. And for you to think, you know what? Maybe death is even better. What a lie. He's such a liar. But I have good news for you today. I want you to know that as Satan sends his attack and trouble in your life to perfectly and completely destroy you, we have a God who is perfect and complete and can completely and perfectly free us. Amen? That's the hope that we have in this world. Look at verse 2. It says, and also some women who had been cured, circle that if you have your Bible, of evil spirits, from whom seven demons had come out. So you can circle or underline, had come out. And this is number three today. Jesus is the only one who can completely free or cure you. I got a haircut, you know, so. <laughs> if you ask me, it's a little too short, but anyways. <laughs> So the Bible says that she's been cured and freed of evil spirits, and it says of whom seven demons had come out. Notice in the Bible it doesn't say Jesus casted one demon. Notice it doesn't say he casted out four. It doesn't say six. It says there were seven, and seven had to come out. Amen? Which tells us that Jesus freed her completely and perfectly. And this tells us that our God can completely heal us. Our God can completely help us. He can completely free us. He can completely guide us and to, so that we can be all that we're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. And why can Jesus help us? Because he himself is complete and whole. The Bible says, for he who had no sin became sin for us. And what does that mean? Well, if you look at the Old Testament, they would have to bring in at the temple when they come into the uh, God, and the, the, the priest would bring in a, uh, uh, an animal that was close to perfect, close to perfect, and then they would sacrifice the animal because blood had to be shed so that the people's sins would be atoned for. But we don't do that anymore because Jesus became our ultimate and final sacrifice to atone for our sins. And you want to know why Jesus became our ultimate sacrifice? Because he is pure, he is holy, he is complete, he is sinless, amen? amen? And this is why when we read in the stories during Christmas that the angel Gabriel went to Mary and said, you're going to have a son, it's important for us to know that the son that she had, which was Jesus, was not because of the, of the coming of a man and a woman, but it was conceived by the Holy Spirit so that Jesus was sinless. Are you making the connections? And so it takes a pure person to fix us. It takes a sinless person to save us. It takes a holy person to do for us, which what we cannot do for ourselves. I remember a time I was in Bible study with a group of other ladies, and I loved the analogy that one woman said. She said, you know, it's like this. If you're at a table and there's uh, dirt on the table or germs, you don't take a dirty rag and clean the table with it. It'll just get more dirty. You take a clean rag and you wash the table. That's what Jesus did for us. That's who he is for us. He is pure and holy and has made us righteous and right with the Lord. Amen? 
And because of his death and resurrection, we are saved. We are healed. We can walk in the spirit. We are free. And so what we see here in the story is Jesus freed this woman who had been tortured by seven demons. And he was able to do that because he was complete and perfect. And so I say to you today, just like this woman who had been tortured by seven demons, what does God need you to be free of today? Just take a moment for yourself. What have you been struggling with in your life? What has been hard? You know, is it a broken relationship that you're sad over? Is it, you know, your struggle with your looks or your body? Is it a constant sickness you've been dealing with? Is it a trauma that you have faced? Um, You know, do you have this desire to always make money? Or do you struggle with things like you constantly need attention or approval? You know, it doesn't matter what it is. You just say for yourself, you know what you're struggling with between yourself and God. But I want you to know today that Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. And God is your way out. Nobody, and I mean nobody, can fix your situation. Nobody. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And and if you're you're looking for someone or something to fix fix it for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. You know, that's why Jesus says, you know the story of the woman, the Samaritan woman who came to the well, and Jesus said, you know what, why don't you call your husband to come? And she said, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, well, you're right, you've had five, and the one that you're with isn't even your husband. And Jesus wasn't trying to be funny, but what he was trying to say is, you're looking for answers in the wrong places, right? Because here's the truth today, nothing, absolutely nothing, like, No vacation, no drug, no money, no house, no car, no clothes, no marriage, no government leader, not even kids, not even grand. Nothing can fix your problem, only Jesus. Only Jesus. And you'll be searching forever if we don't, if you and I don't go to him. If we don't surrender to him. And if we don't humble ourselves and say, God, I need your help. And I need you. And I believe today that you and I want to be cured. So won't we let him cure us? Won't we let him cure us? You know, Deuteronomy 28, 7, you know what it says? It says, the Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. I've always said to myself, you know, God, why do you say in your word, The enemy attacks you in one direction and then flees in seven. Well, after preparing this message today, I know now, I know why. Because seven means complete and full. And so God is saying the enemy is going to attack you in one direction, but must perfectly and completely go in seven and not return anymore. Amen? Amen? Amen. It has to go. Whatever you're dealing with, it has to go. It has to go, it has to go, it has to go. And it can only go by Jesus Christ. And it will go in seven because it's complete and pure and perfect. So will you let Jesus make you whole? Will you serve a God? Well, we serve a God who does not do things in part. I love what the songwriter said it as well. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Amen. Amen? 
Will you let Jesus cure you? Will you let Jesus free you? I believe you and I want to do that today. Well, that happens for Mary and the women. And you know what the Bible says? These women were helping to support, this is what the Bible says uh, in verse 2 or 3 there. Yes, verse 3. It says these women were helping to support them out of their own means. So the Bible tells us that these women were healed and then they began to contribute to the ministry of Jesus. And what they're really saying here is they began to support Jesus with their money, with their money. And I really believe today that when we are convicted and moved by God, then it transforms us on the inside. And this is number four today. When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ like these women did, it transforms the way you live. You know, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, and for me, I, was a, I became a follower when I was eight. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was eight in Sunday school. We no longer have one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus. We have to be fully engaged in what God is doing because we appreciate what God has done for us. And Mary was so overwhelmed and so um, appreciated the fact that Jesus had freed her from all this bondage and all the things that she was going through, and these women too. And they said, you know what? We got to follow God now. We got to follow Jesus. This is the the man that helped us. This is the, the God who saved us. And so they used their money to support the ministry of God. And I want to say today, what about you? What about you? After God has healed you, after God has saved you, after he gave you a job, after he, you were praying for something and the Lord answered the prayer and made a way from you, have you let God's grace and love transform you? Amen. Do you appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Do we, do we appreciate that God left heaven, left his place of glory, left his place of power and majesty, came to this earth, became like one of us, slept like one of us, like ate and had food and walked the way we did, was subject to pain and suffering so that he could be close to us, so that he could show us his love and to show us what true sacrifice looks like. You know, true love gives. True love is willing. True love is messy. Messy, and I want to say something today because I think some people are going through this right now. True True love is forgiving someone who has hurt you one time, five times, 50 times, 100 times, maybe even 1,000 in your lifetime. That's what true love is. Remember when, uh, was it Peter or John, said, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? I think it was Peter. Seven times? What did Jesus say? Seven times 70 or something like that, right? And it was an exaggeration. Jesus is like, why are you keeping count? <laughs> like, you're not supposed to keep count. The Bible says love keeps no record of wrong. And the Bible says love is patient. And I've been saying this to a lot of people. There's a reason why that's the first one. Think about that for a moment. And so when Jesus saves you and frees you and gives you all that you need and gives you the power to now live a holy and pleasing life, we are transformed. And if you've experienced this kind of love and grace in your life, then I say to you and I challenge you today, are you living a life that is transformed? Or are you taking the gift for granted? You know, we could be like some people. Are we like some people who benefit from others, who show love to us all the time, who are generous, who are mercy, who are kindful, but we don't reciprocate that? We are just consumers. 
We are just takers. We are spectators, not participators. What does transformation look like today? Well, when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, it changes the way you talk to people. The way you treat your spouse in public is the same way you treat them at home. You speak kind words. You are forgiving. You use gentle words. You're not argumentative. True love transforms, amen? It changes the way you spend your money. You're not going to spend $500 on clothes and $1,000 on a vacation and then give God only $10 in a year. And I can say that because I'm leaving today, right? Because true love transforms. It changes the way you set your priorities. You know Sunday morning is worship. You know this is the, this is the day that the church is open and is going to worship God. You're not going to go to bridal showers or uh, wedding or baby showers or a work function or, or, or a sports function. You're going to be in the house of God because Jesus saved you and he helped you and he kept you. And he's the one that gives you a job. So you're going to come to worship the Lord. And you're not going to attend... Thank you, Pastor Nick. And by the way, when I used to work at Staples when I was a young person in my 20s, with all the young people, I did not work on Sundays. Amen. Because I needed to be in the house of God. Amen. Because you don't want to come to the house of God when you're falling apart. You need to come to the house of God because you need your spiritual medication. Amen. All right? And we're not going to attend specific summer festivals that Toronto plans every year. Specifically, I'm thinking of ones in June and in this month. Because we have to ask the question, does, do these festivals bring glory to God? Do they? If they don't, why are we there? Why are we supporting that? True love changes. Because when we understand what Jesus has done for us, it changes everything. It changes what we read, what we watch, what we wear, what we do. Because God's love has transformed us. When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, your life looks different. Are you letting God's love transform you? And I just want to say this on the side if you realize I'm talking about women. And so this, was, this is an interesting story because Jesus is breaking the gender and social barriers. When the women are delivered from the demons, they get involved in God's work. This text shows us that first century culture where women were seen as property and, are, and were invisible, and today some people think women are property and invisible today, but what we see here is that in this story, the way that Jesus is allowing them to follow him and contribute to the ministry should change the way we view women and their role in ministry. God opens the door and allows women to play a major role in the church. And so here's what I want to say to you in, in final here. These women, it says, were helping to support them out of their own means. And this is number five today. God wants to use you despite your past. You know what's so amazing about this story? Is God's grace erases everything. And the song that Hannah sang goes perfectly with the sermon today. Mary was a troubled lady. She was tormented. She was in bondage. But now she's free. And God wants to use her. And nobody can say that. Only God is the one that can block anything in our life. And if God wants to use her, even though she was a troubled woman, 
She was a tormented woman. Let God do what he needs to do. And I believe there's someone here today who's been saying to God, I'm not good enough for you. I can't be used by you. I can't keep a job. I can't serve. I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good husband. And you have all this regret and pain in your life because of things you did in the past or because of something that was done to you. And so you make an obstacle in your relationship with God. You think too much about what other people will think. You're you're thinking, what will they think if I go to church? What will they think if I I serve God and, and give to the Lord and change my life? You know, Mary could have said all those things too, but she didn't. Because she knew that God had forgiven her. And she knew that God had freed her. And she knows that God loves her. And he loves us too. I was listening to the song. I like to listen to 100.3 Life, 100.3 radio station. I was driving home one day, and there was a song that was on. I can't remember the title of the song or the, the author, but there was a line that just really impacted me. <clears throat> uh, the line was, and it's talking about God, you don't need me, but you want me. Wow. That really hit me. What a profound thought. God doesn't need us, but he wants us. Amen. And when we think about life and all that's going on, don't discount your life. Don't count yourself out because of something you did against God or because something that was done against you. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that didn't stop God from dying on the cross for you and for me. So forget about your past and start thinking about your future and make peace with God today so that he can free you from what you're going through. And know this today, that you are good enough for the Lord and God wants you and wants to use you. And so today as we think about the word of God, we, we have seen in Mary's life, we will face trouble and torment and that trouble and torment is meant to destroy us But Jesus is the one who saved us and made a way out for us. And when we have an encounter with God, it transforms our life. And we can be used by God despite the past of our sins and our situation. Amen? And so I want to spend a few moments here praying with you as we think about this word. And so let's bow our heads together as we pray. Heavenly Father, as as we think about the, the life of Mary, easily all of us can relate to her. Life has not been perfect for many of us. Many of us have had to go through trouble and trauma and pain in our life. And that pain and trouble and trauma has been haunting us, has made us feel in bondage and has made us feel trapped. But thank you, Jesus Christ, that you died on the cross. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you that you... Your your goal was to make us whole. Your goal was to heal us. Your goal was to save us. And I think about the different situations that people are going through. Some people are going through sickness. Some people are going through financial issues. Some are going through relationship issues. Some are going through rejection and abandonment and have had to deal with emotional and physical and mental abuse. Some are dealing with sins in their life. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal and that you would help and that you would free us, O God. 
I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us the life you've called us to. John 10.10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life, an abundant life. And so this is my prayer today that we would see abundance. We're not talking about prosperity. We're talking about spiritual abundance. We're talking about peace. So when I go to bed at night, I can sleep. We're talking about anxiety and fear to flee from us, oh God. We're talking about sicknesses fleeing from our body. We're talking about relationships to be restored, marriages that are hurting, children that are hurting parents, parents that are hurting children. Oh God, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray for freedom. We pray for cure. We pray that the enemy will have no foot foothold in our lives. We pray and thank you that the blood of Jesus is enough because Jesus' blood is pure. Jesus' blood is good. And we thank you, oh God, it has no stain. It has no wrinkle. We thank you that you alone are worthy to be praised. We thank you that when we leave this place, we will be different. We thank you that God, anything that's trying to attack us must leave today, must go today, must not go to our homes today, must not go into the marriages, must not go with our children, must not go with our teenagers. We belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to God and God alone. The enemy's already lost. He's just trying to make himself look better because his time is running out. But oh God, we thank you that we are under your love. We are under your grace. We are under your care. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. The enemy comes in one direction but has to flee in seven. The Bible says, if the Lord had not been on our side, where would we be? God's word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And if God is for us, who could be against us? And so God, I pray for your spirit to just fall upon us again. To remember who we love. To remember the reason why we get up. To remember why we are living. And to remember to share this truth to those who are in bondage. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you that it was good to be in the house of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God the glory.